Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast, where we help you get clarity, build skills, enhance your character, curate your environment, take daily massive action, and develop a positive mindset. Join our community by heading over to workwithtimmydouglas.com and get our free book and list of questions that will help you build an impactful and purposeful life. Enjoy the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Constantine, who is a holistic life empowerment mentor and host of the podcast, Unleash Thyself. Constantine, how are you doing? I'm excellent, Timmy. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And hello, everyone. Of course, man. Thanks for coming on. And we like to jump right in. So if you can start with just telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Absolutely. So keep it simple. I was born in Eastern Europe. Romania during the era of the Communist Party, then moved to Canada when I was 17 with my parents, where I now reside. I've been here for over 20 years, and I work in the tech world in my day job, but my passions lie in personal growth, self-discovery, spirituality, and for fun, I like to talk to people like yourself, Timmy, but also like to play soccer and take my dogs for long walks. Okay. Okay. How long have you had your dogs? Uh, so one is, the one is four years and a half. So I've had her since she was like two months old. And the other one is two years and about the same. Had her for about two years. I got you. I got you. And so day job, you work for tech. And then outside of that, you do a lot of self-improvement work. Tell us a little, a little bit about the day-to-day and the self-improvement work. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in a place where making mistakes was being punished and making mistakes was not necessarily something that you wanted to show others that you're making or showing any vulnerability or weaknesses. And that mentality mentality led me um, through an interesting childhood. And of course, coming to North America, where there was a mix of that and a mix of growth mindset, which is the idea of learning from one's mistakes and the idea of growing. And those two ideas were butting heads with me for a very long time. So what I ended up doing for a good majority of my 20s is always look outwards for answers. So I read a lot of books, watch videos. There was, you know, towards my late 20s, I listened to podcasts and I was always consuming content, but I wasn't giving myself always enough time to integrate and do that inner work or the self-discovery that was required. Today, I have a better understanding. And for the last, I would say five, six years, I've combined personal growth, self-discovery and spirituality And when I say spirituality, I'm not talking about anything religious-based. It's more about the idea of connecting to myself, connecting to the universe, God, or whatever one believes in. It's the idea that there's something more than us, and we can find meaning in whatever we do in life. So everything I do around personal work with myself or the people in my life has to do with how do we look at all the beautiful information that's available out there, but then look inside and see what answers we hold within ourselves what work we can do, what emotions we want to work with, what trauma we have to work with. And then, of course, combine it all and look at how does this fit the bigger picture. So, Timmy, in your case, for example, how can you follow your heart and blend it with whatever else you want to do in life? Like in my case, it would be with the tech world, right? Like how do I bring my authentic self to the tech world in my day job, but also bring it outside of my day job? Mm, I got you. So it's really doing the work on you know, getting the right information from outside sources, but then going inside, really understanding your emotions and where your authenticity lies and then weaving that into your daily life. Exactly. Because a lot of the answers that we seek externally 
are within us. And that was a big lesson I had to learn because if we look back at how most of us have grown up, right? You're always relying on your parents, teachers, friends, whoever to teach you how to live in this world and to bring you up. So that means that you're always looking externally for those answers. And that mentality we take into our adulthood, which is exactly what I've done. And then it wasn't until later that I realized that, wait a second, if you stop and pause and stop the consumption a bit, you can create a lot yourself. You can go inwards, you can find a lot of those answers, and then combined with all the beautiful information you have acquired externally, magical things can happen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So would you say your motivation in life is really getting to that point of authenticity or would you put it in other words? That's part of it for sure, uh, Timmy. I would say, I well, let's actually backtrack a, a tiny bit. I spent quite a bit of my life wondering what my purpose on this planet or in this life was. And I would always ask that question. I remember I was very young when I first asked the question, but I never really sat down and truly dug deep because anyone I would ask that question, they didn't have the answer because they themselves didn't know what their, their own purpose was. It wasn't until about five, six years ago when I started doing real work around that. And finally, last year, it all clicked for me. And it's the idea of being in service to others, using all my skills and knowledge I've acquired to better myself and then give back as much as I can to those around me. Because what I found in my life is that no matter what I picked up, be it a hobby or a profession, I would always learn and then I would love to share with those around me. And it seemed that people were captivated to listen in, to learn, and they would get a lot of value out of it. And not only that, but in those exchanges, they would get something out of it and I would get, I would argue even more out of it. I would learn in the process. I would feel happy during and after because I've helped someone. And the entire process of being in service just is, just sits with me really well. And it's what I want to do. Now, the authenticity piece is very big because you can't really be in service if you're not truly authentic to yourself, vulnerable enough where you can show who you truly are. And that means I'm vulnerable with you and your audience, Timmy, but also with myself. So being honest about my feelings, my emotions, and everything that comes up and understanding that no one is perfect. And we're on this journey, our own journey, but we're in this together at the end of the day. It's just how do we help each other get to the better outcome? Mm. Yeah, I like that a lot. Well, cool. Jump into your dreams and goals for us, man. What's your vision for your life? My vision for my life now, especially after the last year of serious work around my why, is definitely about building a platform where I connect with like individuals like yourself to share this beautiful inspirational message and empowerment message of everything that one can achieve and that nothing stands in our way because we always have a choice. And if we choose to do something, we can do it. Now, so my my ultimate dream and goal would be to be able to speak in front of thousands of people, to be able to inspire people, empower people, and help them in this life. That's pretty much it. And if I've inspired someone to take an action that they maybe were putting off for a while, or maybe see a different perspective, or maybe challenge an outdated belief or rule, then I can sleep happy. Mm. So ultimately, so first build the platform and ultimately speak in front of thousands of people to just help them in life. Yeah. And funny enough, I mean, in my professional life, I speak in front of hundreds of people and I've done up to, I think, 1500, my, my highest presenting in the tech world, right? 
but it's not the same when you present on a topic that's let's say artificial intelligence, which is awesome. I love to speak about it, or speaking about personal growth or self-discovery that touches to the core of the human being, that touches to the core of that individual that's listening to you. Mm. Yeah, those are definitely, I can see how those are different topics and they really hit different. So if you've already spoke in front of say 1500 people max, what are the top one to two skills that you need to develop right now to make these dreams and goals come true? That's a great question. So there's a couple of things that come to mind. I first need to continue working on myself. And I would say there are four parts of our being that ideally we need to get in balance somehow. And for me, those four parts, I've learned to understand them better more recently are your mental well-being, right? So how mm -hmm. do you take care of that? Your emotional well-being, which is a bit separate, right? Because it's all about your emotions, your spiritual well-being, which is around your heart and your purpose, and then your physical well-being. So we need to bring all four together. Now, I'm struggling at different parts, like everyone else is, right? So maybe my mental game is a bit stronger than my physical game because I've ignored my physical game, I say, during the pandemic by working 12-hour days, sitting in a chair all day, and ignoring, let's say, physical activities. So for me, I want to work on those elements so then I can help others with as much within each of those four as I can. But it's also about building the right relationships, building the content and ideas that you want to share with people because there is an overload of information already available. And my entire mission in life revolves around inspiring and empowering people. But I don't want to just repeat things that have been said a million times. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people need to hear things a different way right? Broken down a different way with different examples for it to finally click. And I'm fine with that. That's part of it. But I would say, you know, you want to be fairly unique in your approach and just be you. So I'm building that right now. I'm trying to understand what it looks for me. And I'm early in my journey. And at the end of the day, if it follows my mission, that's the path I'm going to go down on. I got you. Yeah. I got you. So we got continue working on yourself in mental, emotional, spiritual, physical aspects of life, building the right relationships and then building out the right content without repeating things that have been said over and over and over. Exactly, yeah. Okay, so tell us about the right relationships. If you had to define the right relationships and really- yeah, Absolutely. Them out. So I, uh, that's uh, that's actually also a great question, Timmy, there, because in my professional life and anyone's professional life, we come to understand the relationships are pretty much one that's of the- it. That's the only thing. Right? <laughs> It's like, who you know, what you can do for people, what they can do for you. And in the Western world, where we, both you and I live in and, and work in, it's very transactional or to some degree one-sided. And also more recently, I've come to realize that there's multiple ways to interact with people. So I'll give you some examples. Something that we call baby love is the idea that I'm only expecting you to show me love or to show me care or give me something, right? So that's one of the ways that society is moving in right now where it's all about me, 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 and it doesn't matter what, how how you feel to me about what I do or how, what you get in return from our interaction. Then there's a the transactional stuff, which is what you see most in work, which is, let's say I'm your employer. What do you give me? Well, I give you money in return, right? You give me your time, you give me your efforts. 
But also we see it in life nowadays. Let's say with your neighbor. Well, I'll say hi, they say hi back, right? It's very transactional. And then the, the level where I aim to, to be at to really get the relationships to the best possible level is the level of almost unconditional love. The idea that I'm so happy inside, I'm so full of love, that it just spills out. And I give without expecting anything in return. And that's obviously very hard to achieve because I didn't grow up with that mentality. It's nowhere around us, but it's a mind shift. So that I bring into my relationship. So for example, during this journey, I've learned a lot of different things. It made me a better coworker and a person to work with because now I bring my authentic self to work. I'm more joyful, right? I still keep professional, but I can be joking around. I can bring a smile to the meetings. I can make someone's day by just asking them how they are and truly asking them how they are, not just superficially. And that allows you to then build a deeper connection with someone because if they can relate to you as a human being before you are a customer or a partner or a coworker or a manager or an employee, then you're going to build much stronger relationships. And B, if we're talking about relationships for what we're doing right now, you're doing the podcast, I'm doing mine, and we're trying to build something beautiful here, and we are building it. Well, you want to connect with like-minded individuals. Like, which people do we connect with that we really resonate with deeply? Yeah. Yeah, I got you. So personally, it's getting to a point where it's on that third stage. So you're not me, me, me. You're not uh, quid pro quo, where it's like this for that, but you're pouring out and giving out of unconditional love. Well, that's the goal. I'm not there fully yet. So yeah, it's, but it's, it's where you're trying to go. Yeah, that's like yeah, the skill exactly. development, building the right relationships. It's like I'm in that unconditional love stage. And then it's also connecting with those like-minded people who are also probably operating or trying to operate out of that unconditional love stage. Is that right? Ideally, yes. That that's what if imagine a scenario in which every person you interact with asks from an unconditional love place where they will give something without expecting anything in return versus a transactional or the baby love I mentioned, which is just expecting something. Like I'll give you an example. Yeah. You walk out of your house and someone opens your door, right? And they don't expect anything in return. That's fine. You say hello. Or you walk down the road, someone smiles at you, you smile back again, no expectations. But you can go much beyond that, right? Doing small gestures for people. Like I'll buy you a coffee. I see you may be struggling, right? I may see you having a day where you're not smiling as usual, or maybe a week has gone by and you're not being your joyful self. I can come and I can say, hey, Timmy, I see you know, you're not yourself. Do you want to chat? I can just be someone that listens. I don't have to talk. Just tell me what's going on, right? So it's, it's those type of interactions that we see occasionally, right? We still see because there's many amazing people, but we want to see more of. And what happens then, right? If we have a world where everyone just unconditionally gives, yeah, then I mean, yeah, it would Never be amazing. <laughs> exactly, right? You, yeah, those are the perfect words. Yeah, I love it, man. Well, we've kind of parsed out what the right relationships are, who you need to become to attract those relationships, and also the types of relationships you're trying to attract. Talk to us about the right content without repeating things that have been said a million times? What's the process for developing that concept or that content in your head right now? Maybe you don't have it fully parsed out. Maybe you do. Um, share with us what you got. Yeah, that's a, that's an amazing question. I mean, to be honest with you, that's always a, uh, a process because 
most likely whatever you're thinking or whatever you're saying has been said in one shape, form or way in the past, because there's only in my mind, at least so many things that people can talk about. And there are many ways to explain, like, for example, this baby love and the various stages of love. That's something I've heard of learned from someone I spoke with not long ago. But the idea is how do you take that, apply your own ideas, beliefs, and make it in such a way that makes sense to you so you can explain it to others. And then it's the idea of finding analogies, finding examples, finding anything that can resonate with your target audience. And in my mind, the way I operate with this, if I have an idea, let's say, during meditation, or especially when I walk my dogs because I don't take my devices, I don't listen to any music, I just enjoy the nature. And that's when I, you know, information comes in because I'm with my own thoughts and I get ideas. Like I'll give you an example. I was walking down the street yesterday and I see these beautiful trees in my neighborhood in a mini forested park. And I notice how, of course, as the trees grow older and taller, the branches at the bottom and the leaves start to die out because they don't get enough sunshine. They still get the nutrients where they could, but they don't get enough sunshine, so they die off. So that got me thinking about how we as human beings could take a lesson from that and say, you know what? What parts of us do we not like and we want to shed away? In the example with the trees, they get sun and they get nutrients and water from the ground. If they don't provide the sun, whatever part they don't want to grow anymore just dies off. Same for us. If let's say there's a behavior within me I don't like, and there's many, and there have been many more, then what I can do is I can start cutting off that supply. It could be my own thoughts supplying that activity to come through or reaction or whatever. Yeah. So it's how do we take a look at how we do things, but look at the examples in nature, examples everywhere around us of how we can actually work with those emotions, that mental state we talked about, the emotional state, and improve parts of ourselves that we didn't like before or don't like now, actually. I like that. So it's really kind of getting inspiration from your life, like getting the stories from your life, but also the stories from the examples that you see in nature and applying them to kind of timeless concepts. Exactly. Like another example for me, and it's a huge aha moment, I've had dogs all my life. Now, since I was probably 15 years old, right? Yep. But I didn't realize till maybe a couple of years ago, maybe not even, the amount of lessons you can learn from the pets around you. It doesn't matter if it's a dog, a cat, a rat, whatever else. And what I've learned from my dogs, I mean, we can talk for hours, but one example was last summer when I started taking them to do some dog sports, some simple stuff, running the length of a dog, jumping for a toy I throw into a pool, right, called dog diving. But what I've realized from that and from all the walks I do is that the dog just loves to be, A, with you, the owner or the person that they love, and B, doing the things they love. So they're in the moment. Like when I go and take them out for a walk, it's their best day ever. It doesn't matter, you know, if they had breakfast or not yet or what they have for breakfast or what's for dinner or if it's raining or if it's snowing or if it's sunny, they'll enjoy that walk no matter what. Yeah. So that taught me the idea, wait a second, I'm someone that's always focused on the on the destination and not really enjoying the path. 
Uh-huh. How about I bring it back in the moment and enjoy the moment as much as I can? And trust me, that's that's a tough lesson to learn because even now I catch myself where I'm always looking, you know, five steps ahead instead of just being grateful for the moment, enjoying the moment. Yeah, for sure. I like that example with the dogs of just um so simple. They live a simple life, simple thinking, and ultimately when you boil life down to its roots, it's simple for us too. We only have today, right now. Like literally the next second isn't guaranteed. Something wild may have to happen for your yeah. next second to be taken from you, but it could happen, you know? And so we'll be thinking five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road. And it's like, you could literally get in your car tomorrow and on the way to work, get in a fatal yeah. accident, you know? Yeah. And so I, I like that kind of looking at dogs to see enjoyment of the moment. Also loyalty too. <laughs> loyalty, are... love, unconditional love. We talked about unconditional love, right? Yep. I may be raising my voice to my dog because they did something I didn't approve of. Or I could be, I don't want to say ignoring them on purpose, but let's say I work a long day and then I don't get to say hi to them in time. They'll still love me the same right after. Yep. Right? But what I found with human beings where we usually fail and I'm I'm at fault as much as anyone else is that we think we're giving unconditional love to let's say our friends or partners family but our unconditional love is actually very conditional so let's say Timmy you and I are good friends you're going to be my best friend I'm going to love you until you do something I don't like then you're not my best friend anymore and there's no more unconditional love Uh you can apply that to every part of life and any relationship right So how do we get to a place where like, you know what, Timmy, you can make mistakes. You can be believing in something, you can believe in something else and we can still be best friends and we can still have the best of times. And that's kind of my dream because I want to get myself to that point because I know I'm not there yet. No matter how much I believe I can can do this, it's still a lot of work that has to be done internally. Because again, it's like all those conditionings and lessons we learned from people that we grew up with. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Well, awesome. What are the highest impact daily actions that are going to tick the needle forward towards your dreams and goals? One that I've started doing about, I want to say four or five months ago more consistently has been just a simple act of in the morning and at night, reminding myself of what I'm grateful for. It can be done on paper. So I have a journal I do at night. But then in the mornings, I'm just in my bed and I'm just reminding myself of the beautiful things that have happened in the last few days or week or even the night before, like the being grateful for my pillow or the bed or the restful night's sleep or my dogs or my partner or any of those things. So once I started doing this on a consistent basis, I've seen quite a few changes in my life and I can't wait to see where it goes. And some of the changes have been around how I react to events that in the past I would consider negative. Mm. Like I'll give you an example. I was I have a couple of barbecues on my porch. One is a smoker, one is a griddle. And I was about to smoke a piece of meat last week. And the uh, grill caught on fire. But it was such a such such a bad grease fire that essentially melted the paint off of uh, the smoker. So now it's pretty much ruined. I have to either refinish it or throw it out. Normally, I would freak out and my week or month would be ruined because barbecuing and doing something like that, especially because it was around my birthday, was like kind of like my highlight. But when this happened, and it really surprised me positively, was that I said, okay, yeah, 
this happens. It's life, right? I mean, sure, it's just a barbecue. I can fix it or I can get another one. Yeah. It doesn't have to dictate how happy I'm going to be the next minute or the next week or the next day. Yeah. And that was a huge aha moment for me because I'll tell you, like, something that happened a few years ago. As I told you, I'll be me. I'll I'll be a miserable friend, partner, child, whatever whatever person I would interact with, because I would allow the negative to control my life. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I love that. I love that you have a tangible result that you've already noticed from the four to five months of diligently being grateful. Yeah, and it's it's that idea that, and this is something I learned last year, and it was again one of those big awakening moments or aha moments, if you want to call it, are things that we always seem to be taking for granted, especially in the Western culture. And I'm to blame for it as well. Like having access to fresh water, right? Having access to food, having access to shelter, having access to anything really like a car or a job that many other people in the world would love to have access to. And they don't. And we take it for granted because it's always available. Like you said, anything can happen in a, in a millisecond. And all of a sudden, if your power went out and it were to never come back, how would, the, how would life change? Yeah. What would happen to all those things that we take for granted? Of course, no one wants that. But we need to start bringing back awareness of the smallest things that make us happy. Because I tell you what, I've had the American dream and I have the American dream, so to speak, right? Like climbing the corporate ladder, making money, buying shiny objects. None of those shiny objects brought me any joy in life. And I always thought, okay, if I buy this fancy car, I'm going to feel so much better. And don't get me wrong. I felt really good for the first week or two. But then there was no meat behind this, you know, or the no substance behind the meat, so to speak, right? There was no, nothing really there to hold that happiness inside because what I have found, at least for myself, Happiness comes from within, from the things you do either for yourself or for others that have meaning. Yeah. And gratefulness or being in gratitude is helping you see more of those things that otherwise you would take for granted or otherwise you wouldn't be able to see. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. What character trait do you most need to develop right now to make your dream life come true? What character trait? (laughs) Um, I would say more confidence for sure. I was always someone that lacked confidence in certain areas, but just getting myself out there, getting myself to practice, to, to again, be grateful for what I've learned and always bring it to the positive side that will bring back your confidence a lot, because I'll give you an example with a podcast I launched a few weeks ago when I started the process was like January. Uh, of this year and I only launched like four months later and the process started with me putting my ideas on paper creating a PowerPoint presentation because that's what I know to do and then I started calling friends and asked them hey you have 10 minutes I want to show you something I want to show you my idea and see what you think and all the feedback I was getting was amazing right but then at night after a call with a friend I'll be sitting in bed getting ready to go to bed and I'll start to doubt myself I'll be like but really who wants to listen to me but really, who am I that works in tech to talk about personal growth or spirituality or self-discovery? And I would have these, you know, repeating plays in my head of things that perhaps I, I heard in my childhood, oh, I'm not good enough to do this or I'm not good enough to do that. And I was allowing those to control me. And 
I've been doing quite a lot of work on that front, but I'll tell you, it, there's always a time when they come back up. And it's again, up to me to say, you know what, I have a choice. But I also need to understand where they're coming from because while I cleaned up a lot of the stuff, they're still very deep and I need to unearth them and, and work to that. So going back to your character trait, I would say that big confidence space, like having more self-confidence, but also doing the work to understand why that's lacking. Mm. I gotcha. Yeah. And say you have maximum confidence right now. How would your life change? Put yourself <laughs> at maximum confidence level. Yeah, that's awesome question. Um, In the short term, I don't think it would change a whole lot. I mean, I would likely be more open to reaching out to, let's say, potential shows or people that I deem to be way outside of my league, so to speak, right? That might give me confidence to say, you know what? I know my stuff. I can help people like I'm helping myself so I can do this. So I would say that in the short term, maybe like that, but in the long term, what it would allow me to do is if you don't have to work on a certain part of yourself, that means you now have more time to work on other parts. So if I had maximum confidence, that means I now have a bit more time to work on other aspects of my life, which I want to work on. I gotcha. I gotcha. So let's see. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think how your confidence would change your action towards your dreams and goals. We know you want to speak on a stage about uh, self-improvement in front of like thousands and thousands of people. Was it 10,000 people you said or just thousands and thousands? Just thousands. I don't want to put a fixed number. That's not gotcha. a topic we we'll chat about in a second, but yeah, let's say thousands. Okay. Let's say thousands. And you want to speak on a public stage in front of thousands of people about self-improvement. Do you currently speak on any stages about self-improvement? Or are you waiting to get your first speaking gig? I, to be honest, I haven't looked for a speaking gig yet uh, around this. So no, I haven't done any speaking around self-improvement or any form of stage other than, of course, virtual, like we're doing right now. I've done a few of these. I've done a few on my podcast, right? But not on a formal stage. I gotcha. I gotcha. And... Your podcast, Unleash Thyself? Yes. Correct. How long have you been doing that for? So the idea came last August. I really put the worlds in motion in January, and then we launched uh, in the middle of May. So about two okay. weeks ago. Recording. Yeah. And are you posting weekly, monthly, bi-weekly? Twice a week, actually. Twice a week. Very impressive. Yeah. And the reason being, I was actually going to do once a week. But then I was overwhelmed by how many amazing people started to reach out to me to be on the show. And the best part was that I only had the mission of the show and the name and the art. No information on me, no information on anything else. And people started reaching out. And I want to say a lot of people, I'm talking, you know, 100 plus in the span of a couple of months. Yeah. Without doing any advertising. I'm like, wow, there's so many people that have amazing stories to tell. And I ended up recording, I think, before I launched, I had 34 episodes recorded before yeah. I launched. So I'm like, how do I get all these episodes out? So I need to do it multiple times a week. There we go. It's, it's a process, obviously. You know, when you have a full-time job and you work in the podcasting industry, there's a lot of work. And, of course, you know it as well because you've been doing this for a while longer than I have. Uh, just a little bit. I haven't been doing it for that much longer. <laughs> um, well, cool, man. Cool. Okay. So podcasts, if you had to say you put your confidence level at maximum, you said you'd be reaching out to more people to come on the show or for you to guest on shows? Both. Both. Yeah. Would you put any more effort into marketing this show if you improved your confidence level? 
Probably. I mean, confidence plays at a subconscious level a lot, right? Mm -hmm. so we don't even realize what it impacts until you either don't have confidence or you have confidence or something in between, right? So yeah. I would imagine it would impact every single aspect of my life, which would include, of course, anything to do with the show, marketing and guesting and, and uh, having guests on the show and all that stuff. I got you. I got you. Huh. Do you have a marketing plan for the podcast right now other than getting I on do. the shows? I do. Absolutely. I do. I'm, um, so in my professional life, I didn't mention this ahead of time, but I'm, I started as a developer, but then I went into project management. I always love to do project management and I got my certification. So that meant that I'm someone that likes to plan things a bit too much. Mm -hmm. So part of the launch process was me planning every stage of the podcast as much as I could, of course, and learning from as many sources as possible. So the marketing plan for me revolves around, of course, being a guest on shows, but that has to do more with my mission because I believe that by being on your show, it's not about my show. It's about your audience. It's about the value I can bring to them. And I believe I have a message I can share based on my experiences and everything I've gone in life. So that's my primary mission. If, of course, if my show gets marketed in the process, that's a cherry on top. But I also um, have social media going like most people these days. And I put a small budget towards advertising and getting my word out, getting the word out there, doing short clips and posting them regularly on social media. And then, of course, relying on friends, coworkers, and people to spread the word. If they get value out of it, share it, and then others will get value as well. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There's, um, and that, that small budget you're putting towards, is that like going on Facebook ads, Instagram ads? Is it, uh, just paying a VA to help you post reels and stuff? What is the, if you don't mind it's, closing, you don't have to. A question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the VA piece is something I'm doing right now. Yeah. That's a big part of the budget because, with a full-time job, unfortunately, managing social media is just not Impossible. feasible. Especially, yeah, exactly. <laughs> especially if you have to do some editing, which I do. If you have to do recordings, like either be a guest or have guests on the show, right? So, it, 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 unfortunately, time is our one final resource that we don't have enough of. So, yes, a VA is huge. And the second one would be promoting Instagram posts or reels. Same with YouTube, right? Doing some Google ads. And um, there are, I'm investigating right now. I haven't, I don't have the answer yet. There are certain companies out of India or other places where they, for a smaller cost, they can promote your show. But I still have to validate the, the legitimacy of those because there's a lot of scams going around. There's a lot of potential bots being attracted to your show and no one wants that. You want real value. Because at the end of the day, you want your mission, like yours and mine, Timmy, to get in front of people, right? We want to get real people listening to this and having an impact in their day-to-day -day life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I um, <clears throat> I was talking with this guy who basically helps people market their podcasts, and I think it's like for eight hundred ninety-nine dollars, he'll get get you six thousand to ten thousand views that he says are quality views. Now, of course you have to vet him and it's something I've been, honestly, I'm sold on it. I just don't have the monthly cash flow to be able to put 899 yeah. a month towards it right now. But man, I, I would do it in a heartbeat. Um. <laughs> yeah, imagine like that, that's, that's a great point you bring up because having the funds to market anything in life really 
yeah. can put you so much farther ahead than anyone else because at the end of the day, more money brings more money in, right? So yeah. you can you can promote the shows. And I, I've I've seen people like that. And yeah, let's we can chat offline more about that if you'd like, and we can exchange notes and see what we discover. Yeah, man. Yeah, I was just I was thinking because I'm like, if you're trying to get in front of thousands of people, I think the best way to do that is to scale your podcast as much as possible. Because once you get that platform, I mean, the speaking opportunities are just going to fly towards you. And, um, you know, it's like you can spend a lot of time doing the organic marketing or you could pay a lot of money up front doing the dollars for dollars marketing. (laughs) Um, And, you know, if you do the dollars for dollars and you get 200,000 views or something, you get to 200K views a month, you'll get those speaking gigs and it'll pay you back in dividends and you'll be able to make the impact you want to make. That's a, I really see everything we do, you know, money is a tool to multiply impact. So if you have a good heart, money will amplify that heart. Um, It's not really good for anything outside of that. It's like safety and security for bills and stuff. And then multiplying impact outside of those two things. I don't really know what I need money for, honestly. (laughs) Exactly. If you have a, if you have a comfortable life, and you're taking you're taking care of yourself and those around you, then spread the love, right? If you have extra money, why hoard it? What's the point of having, let's say, five million in the bank? Yep. When there's so many people going hungry next to you, literally, yeah. or people that don't have drinking water in so many countries. Yep. So my goal, like one of my goals with what I'm building here, is exactly what you just talked about. I mean, I already have a comfortable life. Maintain that. And then everything that's extra, of course, part of it goes in the in the podcast and building this and having more impact, but a big part of it will go back to the communities. Yeah. Within Canada, within the USA, but also Latin America, Europe, and of course we go across the world, Africa. Yeah. And that's that's my vision. Because you asked me at the beginning what you know my dreams and goals are. A big one is this philanthropy aspect of it. Because I yeah. truly believe like, like to your point, what's money good for? I mean, we all die. As far mm-hmm. as I know, we can't take the money with us, nor can we take everything that money can buy. So yeah. why not make someone else's life a tiny bit better while you can? Absolutely. I'm right there with you, man. Yeah. Well, cool. If there were one or two people you can meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help you take that next step towards your dreams and goals, who would they be and how would they help you? I would say a type of person would be someone that's doing what I plan on doing, at least part of it, because I know everyone is on a unique journey and ideally I'm not going to copy anyone. So Tony Robbins comes to mind, right? I don't necessarily follow a lot of the stuff he does, but he speaks really well. He does really well. He's been doing this for a while. I would imagine I could learn more than a thing or two from him. Yeah. In terms of how to get things started, how to get to the next level. But a marketing expert would be nice too, because to your point, we need to get the word out. If we have good content, like you and I do, we have valuable content that can give back to the audience. And we know that, well, that 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 part is done. So what's next? Well, getting it in front of more and more people. So I would say, actually, I would pick a marketing expert. Yeah. Like someone like Gary V, if you know Gary V. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be, he would be actually be at the top of my list for sure. Yeah. Gary V. There we go. There we go. I wish I could pronounce his last name, but I can't. So that's why I'll stick to B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. People, people will know him. Yeah. Or you can look up Gary V and he'll pop up. Yeah. Because yeah. he is yeah. a marketing expert. And if you don't so follow him, everywhere. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's a marketing expert, but he's also a personal growth and self-discovery expert as well, in a way. Yeah. Because he talks about this work and how people should or shouldn't act in the workplace. Very inspirational stuff and empowering at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. What is your... Oh, we're jumping into the Thriving Three now. So what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. I'll do... I'll go... Move, uh, sorry, book. I'll do a book. Mm-hmm. And I'll say it's Finding Your Why by Simon Sinek. Ooh. Uh, because that's what really started me on this path back when I joined Microsoft six years ago when I learned about growth mindset. And Simon Sinek is a, is a speaker. And he's a mindset speaker coach. And he always talks about, from a non-spiritual point of view, of finding what really motivates you, what drives you. Because yeah. if you find that, like in my case, finding that and my purpose then you can really be, you become your authentic self and follow your heart and lead from your heart and amazing things will follow. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And what's one way you like to take care of yourself? Right now it's mentally and emotionally through meditation and the practice of gratitude, mindfulness, all those things I'm incorporating more and more into my life. The next one will be on the physical plane, um, improving the way I eat and increasing my exercise. Yeah, I got you. I got you. And what's one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet and work with Gary V? Continue putting out content because I truly believe that the more we put out, the more chance we have to reach the right people. And when I say the right people, I know I don't mean someone that has connections, but someone that really needs the content. Yeah. So you can inspire and empower them because once you do that, who knows what opportunities can open up. Yeah, absolutely. Now we got our final series of questions here. First one, what is one limiting belief that continues to pop up in your life, if any? The who am I to be doing A, B, or C, like the podcast, like coming on the show. Yep. yep. So that's definitely a big one. And where does it come from? I would say it's learned behavior from my early childhood. When, um, again, growing up in Eastern Europe during the communist era, you couldn't necessarily be yourself, right? Because there was a lot of fear-based rules and policies in place or in school, and you had to follow a certain dogma. And same with your parents or grandparents, whoever raised you and whatever they knew. So I say it definitely comes from how I was raised and whatever experiences I had in those years that I can't necessarily fully remember yet. I'm still doing the work, so I could be a hundred percent wrong, <laughs> but that's what vision tells me. Yeah. I got you. And what limiting actions or inactions reinforce this belief? Hmm. What reinforces this? Me allowing those thought, those thoughts to, to exist in my mind. So let's say they come up. I have a choice if I interact with them or not. So if I choose to not interact with them, then they wouldn't be reinforced. But because I choose to, then I'm reinforcing them. I got you. And if you were to change this limiting belief into an abundant phrase that really spoke to your heart in the way that you needed to hear it, what would that phrase be? We always have a choice, which means that even if I believe I'm not good enough for something, that's a choice I can change. Yeah. So I can choose to believe I am more than worthy enough for anything in my life, be it 
a podcast, guesting on a podcast, money to come into my life, a career I want to come into my life, anything that people usually limit themselves with. So I say, yeah, change, reframing it from I'm not good at something to I am more than adequate for whatever, fill in the blanks. I love it. And when the limiting beliefs start to take over, what thoughts or actions do you resort to in order to take back control, reorient towards abundance? I love that question. And the reason I'm smiling here is because of something I started doing only for two weeks. And it has such an impact on me. And I didn't even realize until two days ago when one of these limiting beliefs came up. And for the first time in a long time, I was feeling a bit down on myself. For no good reason, like there were no good reasons other than me entertaining these ideas that came to my mind. I'm not good enough. Why am I wasting my time, resources, whatever. And the exercise I'm about to tell you is the idea of taking five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, sitting with yourself and just talking to yourself, but not from the mind, from the ego, from the heart. Like, what do you feel? And that's an exercise I'm doing every day as part of a a coaching program I'm with, with a mentor. So just trying different things to see what works for me. And that really worked for me. Honestly, like that day, it was Saturday. Actually, it was like a few days ago, two days ago now. I came downstairs in my office where I'm right now and sat down and had a conversation with myself for 10 minutes. And my mood elevated. Like I was like, what, what just happened? And literally, all I did was I talked to myself, asked myself questions. Why am I feeling this way? Why am I believing this? I know I've done A, B, and C. I am proud of myself. I am because I am proud of myself for what I've come. I know there's a lot more work and just going through that. And I never got to the root of the cause in that one conversation, but I dug deep enough and I was able to contradict some of those limiting beliefs to the point that all of a sudden my mood elevated. Yeah, I love it. That's awesome, man. We got one was, if you talk to yourself, it has to be out loud because I tried to do it in my mind and it didn't work for me. So I actually literally... I sit down and I talk to myself. Yeah, there's a different level of intentionality when you start speaking words out loud. And I think, um, yeah, man, I think our words just have a lot of power. And when you start saying it out loud, you're intentionally, it's kind of like aligning your thoughts with your body in a way. Because you have to think to speak, to speak. Like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) very hard to be saying one thing and thinking another. Yeah, absolutely, Timmy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, cool, man. We got one last question for you. Ready for it? Mm -hmm, For sure. What is your favorite belief about yourself? (laughs) That I can do anything I want in life. There we go. Love it. All right. That's all we got for you, man. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? I can add one more thing that we were talking about earlier. That that's another big lesson I've learned. More yeah. than I would like to admit, is the idea around expectations. We talked about targets, right? Like how I was always someone five steps ahead and always looking at a target, which meant that everything I do in life or everything I did in life had a pretty rigid expectation around it. Meaning, even like let's say my conversation with you in the past, if we had this a year ago or two years ago. I would have a clear expectation behind, oh, I want to promote my show. And that's it. And if I'm not promoting my show, that means I failed and nothing good came out of it. Yeah. So I reframed the idea of just looking at expectations to go into something with no expectations, but more like intentions. My intentions to have this conversation with you is to just have a 
beautiful conversation, provide value to the audience, maybe some inspiration, some empowerment, and that's it. If anything else comes of it, perfect. And the biggest aha moment in there for me was that when you have expectations, so when you have a fixed target, it's almost an analogy I always use, it's like a horse with the blinders on. So I'm like this, I only see the target in front of me, which means that everything that happens around me, all the potential opportunities, connections, people, resources that may come into your life, you can't see them and you can't allow them in. You'll ignore them. You'll see literally just walk past them. And looking back at my life, I've, I've seen many of those situations. Now, it doesn't mean you don't want to have a target. I still have targets, but I'm very flexible into what the intention behind it is and what it may look at the end. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I actually talked about that um, earlier on one of the individual podcasts that I have that I post on the show as well, of just like holding your dreams and goals with loose hands. Like it's really important to, you know, have a a vision of where you're going, but less to actually get there and more to become a person that can accomplish that thing. And so for me, I have a really big goal and it, some would say it's wishful thinking, but I'm like, it helps me get up every day. You know, it's a huge impact goal where I'm like, it gets me excited in a way that other things just don't. And I think that is worth, you know, getting up for and striving for. And I like that and that's okay. But it's also important to not hold on to that too tightly and then say, well, yeah, arrange your daily KPIs such that you can actually hit that goal. But then if you don't hit your daily KPIs because something happened in your life, employ grace in that situation and be like, I lived a day today, which is something not everybody gets to do, actually. And in addition to that, I had this really meaningful conversation here, or I took the time to spend with my wife here, or I poured into my kid's life here, or I was there for a friend when they needed it. And that sort of impact is exactly what I'm going for in the long term. And so you hold the actual outcomes loosely, but keep the intent going through your days. And I think, um, you know, as long as you go into meetings like this and stuff like this with the right intent, um, hold the results loose. I love that, Timmy. And you're absolutely right. It goes back to what we were talking about before, right? Being grateful. Mm -hmm. Because you said you may have not achieved everything you wanted in a specific day, but did you drink clean water all day? Did you have a warm meal? Mm-hmm. For any meal, I mean yeah. that's a good day already, right? Did you have a roof over your head when you came back at night and to sleep in? Like you said, many people don't have that. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. We can always look for the for the positive in life, right? Lead from a positive place, and things will be so much more beautiful. I love it. I love it, and that is a great spot to end the show. Constantine, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Timmy. It's been a pleasure. Of course. And if you guys are listening to this and you loved what he had to say, make sure to check him out, check out his podcast, rate it, review it, send it to a friend, because that is very important to us podcasters. We love to um, know that we made an impact on you. So text him if you loved what he had to say, email him. I don't know if you have his phone number, actually. So email him, contact him on the website, contact him on social media. (laughs) Find me on LinkedIn. That's good. (laughs) There we go. There we go. And all the links to find him will be down in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for watching. We will see you on the next one. And on that note, we're out. Hey there. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave a review and send it to a friend. Don't forget, head over to workwithtimmydouglas.com to get your list of life-changing questions and our free book, Impact Ignition, Live a Purposeful Life. See you tomorrow for another show.